Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to Wrestle Culture. <clears throat> I know that I can take no more. It ain't no lie. Roman wants to see you out that door, Brian. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> want to be another wrestling match for two. You may hate him, but it ain't no lie, Brian. Bye, bye, bye. Inspired. <laughs> My Andy Murray about Chambers from What Culture discuss all the goings on in wrestling this week. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW, Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on wrestling culture. As I said, though, joined by Phil and Andy in a little O2 NSYNC. Uh, the band that wishes they were five, but just weren't, weren't quite good enough uh, to start us off there. But it's been a hell of a week, gents. Uh, Phil, I haven't had a chance. I've spoken to Andy a bit about this on the news, of course. I haven't had a chance to get your thoughts on blood and guts this week. What did you reckon to it all? It was bloody good fun, wasn't it? <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I was kind of glad that they kept high spots, I guess, to a minimum. Mm. Um, although there were still some ace moments in there, obviously. Um, but like t- sort of told a more it's sort of emotional based story with it, which I guess like those matches, it's a bit too easy to just go high spot, high spot, high spot. Um, so at least it kind of made it feel a little bit different to like the war games things that NXT were doing. And yeah, it was just really good fun. I very much enjoyed it. They definitely lived up to the blood side of this blood and guts <laughs> one again. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, just generally good fun all around. Really liked it. Andy, me and I, would, uh, me and I, me and Sidge were uh, recording a podcast that's going out on Sunday with all the fallout from Blood and Guts earlier. And we gave particular notice to, obviously, Sammy Guevara was great starting off that match. But I thought I thought Sean Spears deserved a lot of credit. I thought he was, he was a sensation in that match as well, uh, especially taking that bloody coast-to-coast chair to the face. Yeah, yeah. Sean Spears gets so much stick and has received so much stick that uh, stick stick throughout his AEW run that sometimes when he enters a strong performance like this it does go unnoticed so coming out of this match understandably a lot of people were like hey Sammy Guevara hey Santana and Ortiz hey MJF which is understandable because they were all great 
But um, yeah, Sean Spears really flew under the radar. I thought he was really good in the promo the week before as well, when he was mm. laying into Sammy and everything. Um, that's always the thing about Sean Spears. He's one of these guys who, similar to Randy Orton in WWE, who, you know, you might not always be the most outwardly exciting guy, but literally everyone who talks about him, who's worked with him, goes, oh, he's the best guy to wrestle ever. He's mm. like so smooth and so careful and so skilled and everything else. So, you know, when he cut this promo in, in the introduction, talking about how this was the biggest moment of his career, it was really cool to see him follow up uh, with just a really strong performance. I like him in the pinnacle. And the thing with Sean Spears in AEW as well is obviously Wardlow is the muscle guy. Look at him. He's an absolute beast in that stable. But Sean Spears looks massive in this company as well. Um, I liked him a lot in the match. There was a lot of stuff that... that that flew under the radar. I definitely think they did a good job of making it feel different, not better or worse. I'm not saying that than the NXT matches. Um, in the, it was more hateful and uglier and not as not as gifable, perhaps. Um, you know, apart from the thing that happened after the match, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And you know, was the internet was full of measured takes on that matter, <laughs> um, <laughs> as it always is. But yeah, no, it was really nice to see uh, see Sean Spears uh, having like you know entering a really strong performance. I I like Sean Spears. You sort of knew what you were going to get, Phil, didn't you? When in the first five minutes, Dax Harwood was just pissing blood. <laughs> Yeah, they've like released a photo of him afterwards, and it just you can actually see the drips pouring out of his head, like in the photo. It's absolutely gross. Um, but yeah, there was a, a lot of that going around in that I match. Said MJF with a bloody fork in the head. <laughs> I know. I hate forks in wrestling, it's just unnecessarily violent. Yeah. <laughs> Some Abdullah the Butcher vibes. Gross. Like it looks so crap as well. As a spot, it looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it at all. No, no kitchen utensils in the ring because I feel that, <laughs> yeah. that brief. Was it? Was it dark side of the ring? Was it? It was something with Moxley talking about Nick Gage just getting a pizza cutter and going, "I oh, just run yeah. over your head with that," and then like yeah. cut his tongue out or something. That's uh, that's next week's episode of Dark Is Side it? of the oh, Ring. Man. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to know about like carving off chunks of flesh and eating them, not that Nick Gage has ever done that. Um, <laughs> that's the episode for you, brother. <laughs> Just quickly, I know it wasn't blood and guts, but Andy, I know you wanted to give a particular nod to referencing Bart Brian Pillman to his son on the week of the. <laughs> My God, that was so brutal. The, the 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 thing about that line was when when Max Caster did his rap and said, I, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but yeah, it was something like Varsity Blondes, you're gonna be we're gonna put you on dark side of the ring in 10 years, like two nights before the second part of his dad's tragic story uh, airs on TV. Brian Pillman Jr. just standing there. He's it like was He's like, you dinosaurus, a fossil. That's just a dinosaur, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and then you get to that one, you're like, oh no. Like the you could hear the whole building as well, like going, Oh, you can't say that, Chief. But like Brian Pillman Jr. like retweeted it and stuff. So he's obviously fine with it and everything. Um, but it's a real shame that you know the, the conversation on other things that happened on this show made everyone ignore how savage that line was. Max Caster and the acclaimed have been really good since he stopped caring and just started going <laughs> broke. Do you remember that line he had the other week about Lady Gaga's dog walker? It's just like, <laughs> he's he's absolutely brutal. And uh, it, it's really, really good because, you know, you don't want to come across like an edgelord and go, oh, USGWs and stuff like that, obviously. But he's right on the edge of like what is acceptable and what isn't. And listen, if Brian Pillman Jr. doesn't mind that line, 
it's the line of the year for me so far. Plus, it's class. Plus, Young Cooks was so easy, but it, yeah. was, it, it was easy low-hanging fruit that we all wanted to have anyway. Uh, Phil, we'd love to know your thoughts on this finish then, because it's been divisive to say the least. I mean, they got, they got <laughs> what was it, number one rating uh, for the first time ever on cable uh, for AEW with that show. But then they had all the backlash of, well, I suppose actually you're more qualified to talk about this than arguably most people because it almost came down to less the spot and more the way it was shot. What did you think of it all and, and, and yeah, and how it was done? He's 50. What do you want from the guy? <laughs> Come on. You just want him to die for your amusement at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, I think this, I mean, it's not the first time that this has been done in wrestling and it won't be the last time that this has been done in wrestling. We've seen it loads of times going back years and years and years, like Rikishi in the Hell in a Cell Fall springs to mind. Bloody Triple H at WrestleMania 17, like largely considered one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time with one of the most obvious cushioned spots of all time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's stupid. I guess if they filmed it lower and sort of next to the stage and he just crashed down and you saw the things rise up, you wouldn't have been able to see it as much. But then, I don't know, you want to get as much, you're setting up this massive fall to end your show. You want to get as much coverage out of it as possible. You want to get as many, like that's your gifable moment. That's the thing everyone's sharing around. Obviously, it may not have worked out in that way, in the right way of sharing it around at the end. But it's like, come on, the guy's 50. You want a big moment to end the thing absolutely fine i see absolutely no problem with having a bit of padding there to save the poor guy even that falling from that high even with padding is going to be scary as hell that was that was what we're going to say andy because we were talking about in the news just earlier when we were shooting it that, that people like oh how are they going to salvage it akin to sort of you know kenny omega 69 me don off the back of revolution i think all you do is you say right less about what he landed on more the fact that he fell from a cell yeah, yeah, people have lost their minds over this topic. Like, and listen, I wrote, I wrote about it in my article. I said, like, they should have shot this differently. They shouldn't have shown him on some cardboard boxes. Because, look, if you've been watching wrestling for five minutes, you know that they're landing on padding. Um, so it's not like it's some grand revelation to everyone. All you do is you just shoot it from here. And, like, you know, you don't need to see the cardboard folding and all that. It's fine. It's, it's like there's a way to approach this topic in a measured way, and, and Twitter has not done that, which, uh, t- you know, is uncharacteristic for Twitter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, some people were talking about it like it was this disaster, like the pay-per-view ending the other month, which was terrible, awful. Um, no, no one's going to care. By the time Monday rolls around with that stacked card next week, no one's going to give a damn. Um we, you know, all everyone's kind of guilty of jumping into these debates. I made the mistake of doing it yesterday on Twitter. I got all kinds of crazy people coming my way when I said, "Guys, let's just be normal." Like, let's just be normal. <laughs> cool. Wrestling, but yeah, normal. I'll show you normal. <laughs> yeah, like, here's the most deranged take imaginable, Andy Murray. Um, but yeah, man, it's like I'm very thankful that a 50 year old man chose to jump 30 feet to whatever it was for my entertainment. All I'll remember at the end of this, right, is is MJF covered in blood, standing at the top because he's tried to kill this man. That yeah, was the with intent. that right smile on his face, like that's the gift that should be being met. That like turn around exactly. to the camera with the smile on his face, like that's yeah, that's, that's the one cool. exactly. And it's like we will all forget about the mattress and the pillow and whatever else. It's like you know what everyone needs to do, man, on a Thursday morning in particular, because people get so fired up about AEW for some reason more than any other promotion. Just drink a cup of shut the F up, relax, <laughs> I don't know, listen to some music, go for a walk, like speak to your loved ones. 
Gee whiz, what, what, I, what I, I, social media is something else. Man. I just like the idea that, that, that AEW is often described as the wrestling buffet, a little bit of something for everyone. It's like, oh, you don't want like, to see people taking protected bumps uh, onto you know little stages with, with air cushions or something. No, that's not really for me. How about Darby Allen getting thrown down some stairs? Because that, <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't gimmicked at all, quite clearly. And the bit where they threw him at Sid said he, he yelped out loud in his house at like three o'clock in the morning when they threw him against like the the barrier that is the edge of the stadium. That's like, after that, that's just down off Daly's place. It's like, yeah. just not... the coffin drop to the, yeah. off the, like, off the scaffold thing. Like that's, he's falling down to concrete there. That could have gone very, very wrong. Yeah. But it's been it's been a wild week. It's been a weird week because it's been a short week here in the UK. What was the bank holiday Monday? Despite the fact that me and Hamlet nailed a raw preview podcast we recorded on a in Friday as a result of all that. But anyway, uh, Andy, you know you're our head of news. You break all the stories. Your reaction to finding out that story about Daniel Bryan's contract legitimately being over? Yeah, it was. It, it, it's very difficult to process these Daniel Bryan stories, right? Like because. Every year, pretty much since he's come back, he's done this thing where he goes, oh, I want to go and wrestle Nakamura. Not Nakamura, he's in the same company. I want to go and wrestle Okada. I want to go to Mexico. I want to do all these things. And then the story comes out that he's re-signed for four years or whatever. <laughs> it's what Daniel Bryan does. He takes the piss a little bit. He's like, ooh. I don't know if it's a negotiate, negotiating tactic. Maybe he's like, hey, I can drive the price up. and stuff. like doing a little bit of Brian Pillman, you know, playing the parties against each other. Uh, but when I found out that it had actually expired, I was like okay, what? Because the, the date that was always reported was September. Hmm. And Daniel Bryan did, uh, did an interview before the match where he said, I don't know why people are saying September, which not a lot of people picked up on until after the fact. So it was kind of shocking. And, but also doesn't really make me think that he's leaving WWE, if that makes any sense, because he's been here before. He's been in the media the other week going, hey, I want, I want WWE wrestlers to wrestle people from other companies. And it's like, okay, Brian, if you'd said that five years ago, I might buy into it. Um, so it's it's such a weird one to take. Usually when like a guy who's as revered as Brian is, uh, say if AJ Styles had departed WWE, you'd be like, oh, wow, he might go here, he might go there, and maybe Daniel Bryan will. But with him, I'm still more inclined to believe he's going to stick around as like a, I don't know, like a producer or creative or whatever. Um, it's obviously a very exciting prospect. Like I, I've done it myself, sat there in my head and gone, oh man, it'd be really cool if he went to New Japan and wrestled Shingo or if he came to AEW and he wrestled Kenny Omega and all this stuff. But um, I think we've got to be very careful not to get carried away. Uh, keep the Daniel Bryan story at arm's length because I would not be surprised if two days from now, a little Fightful Select report pops up saying, Daniel Bryan's staying at WWE. So, <laughs> Yeah, me, me and Sid did a podcast when the, the, the story broke earlier this week, and even the most optimistic of AEW fans in Michael Sidgwick was like, yeah, maybe you'll go to CMLL, maybe you'll sign with AEW and be able to work there and in New Japan, but he's probably just going to stay in, in WWE as much as he wants him to, to not do that. Uh, Phil, uh, you sense as well, I, I mean, I, mean I, I often connect dots that aren't there, and my checkered history with things being a work, taken into <laughs> you sense that if it had been the be all and end all WWE wouldn't have said you're banished from Smackdown they'd have said your career's on the line sort of thing don't you yeah they very much protected themselves with the way they worded all of that um 
in a way that you've got all these other options and which is why like WWE is still a huge part of the conversation of like all of the fantasy booking of where could Daniel Bryan end up like everyone always puts NXT in there somewhere because of all the new people that he could end up working with um so they've very carefully covered the backs with this one but it's just it's just Daniel Bryan he's just weird he's like he's not a company guy in the way you'd think like an Orton or a Cena who are like staunchly WWE forever kind of company guys he's a comp and yet he's been there for so long now that he kind of is a company guy but he does it in his own way in that he doesn't really care about what he says outside (laughs) of all of these things he'll speak his mind like he's just Daniel Bryan he just loves wrestling and will speak about wrestling no matter whether it's WWE wrestling or New Japan wrestling or whatever and he's just it's so weird to see that from a WWE guy that (laughs) it kind of automatically makes you think oh maybe he is doing all of these other things but yeah I don't Personally, I, I don't see it. I, I think he's WWE probably for life now. I'd be very surprised if I saw him go elsewhere. And it's like, even in his, like this last sort of year in WWE, you can see his influence over what he's been doing in his career within WWE, like the working with the likes of like Drew Gulak and like the younger crop of people and wanting to put people over rather than just be put in a main event scene yeah. for the sake of being in a main event scene. He wanted to do something very different. He's like, he's done, he did bloody those little, um, working out backstage videos with Alpha Academy and things. It's like, it's just stuff that makes him laugh, that makes that he wants to do. And it seems like there's still a lot within the WWE system that he can do like that, that will still keep him very interested, very invested in wrestling, give him new opportunities to do things he hasn't done before, and yet still get the massive paycheck and the security that WWE uh, it, it has for him and his family. So yeah, I I don't see him going elsewhere. I could see him cropping up on NXT because that would just be the kind of weird thing that he'd want to do to work <laughs> with new people. Uh, I don't want to see him on Raw because I don't think even Daniel Bryan could <laughs> get past the Raw stink. Um, but there's still lots of options there. Yeah, I, re- I really quite enjoyed the match on uh, on SmackDown last week as much as I knew what the outcome was going to be before it even He started. still makes you believe though, doesn't he? Yeah. Like You get halfway through the match and you're like, oh, maybe bastard he's just too good at this we'll uh, we'll come back to daniel bryan a little bit because that's what this week's hashtag bloody good quiz is all about but i sense this is one of the things that maybe over the weekend he was thinking i'm off to aw i'm off to new japan i'm off to cmll and then phil chambers the news broke on monday that even marie's back so he's not going anywhere <laughs> um, i mean i know you don't have to watch raw as religiously let's say as as myself andy murray and the, the dadly boys but Oh, she's back. She's not all read everything, but she is back. And uh, well, what, what do you reckon to it? Hey, she's got a Ferrari this time. She's going up in the world. <laughs> Love this. Personally, huge fan of Eva Marie in general. Uh, I think War is the perfect place for her. Like, like, don't get me wrong, yeah. I wouldn't want to see her on SmackDown particularly. Uh, but the moment she comes out in her entrance on a Ferrari or something, just riding on top of a Ferrari for no apparent reason whatsoever, <laughs> I'm down with that. The moment she comes out and the car reverses because it's like run out of gas or something, so she can't wrestle today, bring back that gimmick. I'm all for it. The massive trolling of Eva Marie and just the pure heat that she generates is just gold i absolutely love how much people hate her it's fantastic and i cannot wait (laughs) to see what they do you reckon she's going to be wrestling primarily or i don't know you sort of mentioned at the time she alluded in that promo potentially to be more sort of management i know she's been obviously i've seen pictures of her hanging out with parker boudreau that this next rock lesnar basically maybe she could manage him 
maybe she can manage CM Punk. And she said, can I have your attention now? So that's what he said. So maybe she's managing CM Punk. But maybe not. But what, yeah, what do you think she's going to be doing and uh, how much pish is she going to boil? Yeah, I, I mean, my opinion on, on Eva Marie is exactly the same as Phil. It's, it's hilarious. She annoys people to the point of, like, Stephen coming out of their ears. Um, they like, oh, no, I don't want her to beat my little work rate favourites. That's great. I love that. It's perfect. Um, yeah, she did kind of allude to being a manager in that in that segment where she was like, I want to help other people reach their dreams or whatever the terminology was. And I was like... I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I love the idea of using Eva Marie to generate anxiety because she's not very good at wrestling. I love <laughs> using her to make people think, oh no, she's going to beat Bailey. She's going to beat Sasha. This is going to be terrible. They're burying my favorite people for this person who can't work. She can't even do a suplex. What's the name of this? Um, that's what the real entertainment of Eva Marie is for me. And like, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to be proved wrong. Um, I'd like to be proved wrong in every negative opinion I have because I'm an open-minded guy. Um, so I would prefer if she was a wrestler, to be perfectly honest. Um, but, you know, maybe they could do the troll thing with someone else as like a, as, as a managerial client. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. The promo didn't really like offer many glimpses of characters or teases of who she might be aligned with and stuff she just has a car and pink hair so uh, although to be fair having a car and having pink hair that's two character traits that's more than most of the roster these days. So, <laughs> it's 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 interesting maybe she could be part of the lore of the fiend who knows we will find out in due course but uh i'm, I'm delighted to see her back as well and i hope she's wrestling because it, it's it's too funny it's too funny yeah uh... I don't know what, what's going to happen. I, it was, Hamlet was talking to me a while back, this was, about uh, that NXT episode. Was it Sasha she faced or Bailey when they were champion? Bailey. Bailey, yeah. Bailey, yeah. And that whole fear of the entire yeah. episode of like, this can't happen, right, guys? It's like... That kind of hatred that she manages to um, to create just doesn't come around that often, like in wrestling. That is just pure, oh my God, I hate this person, you must lose kind of heat. And that's the kind of bad guy wrestler that you you want in like to, to get that sort of a reaction. And the way they yeah pitted her up against Bailey is like she was going to take this ultimate baby face. It was just perfect dichotomy. Love it. But yeah, you've got to make the most of that kind of heat because it does not come around very often. Uh, also, you know, often we are accused of being very negative, and Phil obviously has, has picked his side in the uh, red versus blue war. But I will say, <laughs> you've not checked out the raw review. Please go and do that because we've made. Alexa Bliss, good and interesting, uh, all through a simple uh, app I've got on my phone. You know, she did that song this week to a little doll. He's only gone and recreated it. Here you go. I'll only play a little bit of this, because it's going to haunt your weekend. Ready? <laughs> That's me singing with the effect. I'm going to pay full, full part. <laughs> it's better than the original. <laughs> interesting quick fact about that i uh popped around to andy's uh earlier on this week because me and the missus were shopping for a cushion that he might like <laughs> <laughs> true story true story i was waiting outside andy and one of your neighbors came out to put the rubbish in the bin right and she was in there just you know plonking i'm just like trying to not look like i'm casing the joint to rob the place and i saw someone had tweeted us going oh love this bit this week lads and just you know like videoed their phone you know screen recorded their phone i press play and that just came out of my phone i was like oh bollocks this isn't meant to be consumed outside <laughs> i did wonder why my neighbors were giving me funny looks for the rest of the week there you go 
let's talk about uh, another divisive wrestler, Andy Murray, who returned on main event. Jinder Mahal, what's going on? <laughs> Jinder has been unhindered, my friend. Uh, that's what's going on. Um, yeah, this is so weird, right? It's so weird that they chose to bring him back with his new allies. Uh, uh, what, what on earth have they named, renamed Rinku Singh? Is it Veer? That's Veer, right, yes. Veer. Uh, I just wrote the news post on this like an hour ago. I should know this. Uh, and Dilshir Shanky. It's so weird that they put those guys together on main event, beating up Jeff Hardy, who hasn't been seen in a month and a half himself. What are we doing here? What's going <laughs> Who watches main event? Literally, I've never met a single wrestling fan who watches main event earnestly. Even like WWE hardcores. Are you, are you, if you consume every minute of WWE content, do you include main event in that? Really? Yeah. If you tell me yes, you are lying. Um, <laughs> So it's odd. I, I can only imagine that maybe they're doing it as a trial run instead because they don't have house shows to test things out and they know nobody watches main event. So there you go. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, I would expect them to show up on, on Raw, I guess. Uh, Dilshir Shanky, who's now just going by Shanky. Uh, unfortunately, they haven't renamed the other guy George. Shanky and George. Really? It's a no-brainer. Um, he's seven foot one. So Jesus <laughs> as soon as as soon as Vince catches a glimpse of that guy, he's gonna be like, "Oh, pal, get him alongside Amos on Raw, <laughs> massive men." Um, so you know, I think they'll get a shot. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. Uh, Rinku Singh was obviously an industry share, and they were taken off television reportedly because they weren't that good. Um, I thought they looked okay in their brief spots, but and they, gave away, and they gave away Keith Lee, Keith Lee winning the world title, if I'm not mistaken, on their Instagram. That as well. That wasn't that wasn't a very smart move. Um, yeah, <laughs> they took a photo, <laughs> silly sausages. Um, but who knows? The thing the thing about acts like this is you never know. They they might not sound like the most. It's not exactly a dream stable. This, mm. um, but. Jinder has always been at his best when he's kind of had like a couple of guys, a couple of meat shields. Mm. Um, now he's got a seven foot meat shield and another massive meat shield. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. J Jinder is a guy who like, when he was world champion, obviously my analyst head was like, this isn't good because, well, the matches suck. He's being quite racist in promos with Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, um, it's not drawing ratings and it's not really popping the Indian market, which it was supposed to do, um, which was the aim of it and everything else. So, you know, got to criticize this because it's not, it's objectively bad. Yeah. But time has kind of made me fond of how crap it was. Like <laughs> the things like the great Kali showing up at that, that, um, that Punjabi prison match to just steal his thunder. Just, I'm going to hold the belt, mate, not you. <laughs> um, you know, like, the match is being so mechanical. Like, him botching a roll-up when Baron Corbin tried to cash in the money in the bank. It's just kind of funny. Um, also, he's really muscular. and You know, we need more body guys on WWE TV. So, I am perversely amused by the idea of Jinder coming back with these two almost complete unknown fellas with him. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, bring on the piss bonfire. Let's go. Yeah. Bill, like, like, kind of like you said with Eva Marie, incredibly effective heat magnet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so long as he's not put in the main event scene again, I guess. Um, <laughs> but like, they brought him back for that superstar spectacle show that they did in India, didn't they? And then they put him and Drew in like a six-man tag match. And it's like the kind of match that we've almost been expecting to happen at some point because of the 3MB history, the Drew versus Jinder thing. They kind of just threw on a random show in the Superstar Spectacle and then 
he disappeared again for months and months and months. So it's like, what? I, it, uh, yeah, I guess maybe they're just like uh, Andy says, trialing it out and seeing what happens. But it's very, very strange thing to do to just chuck him back on main event <laughs> on Hulu. Is that where you watch main event these I'm days? Not, it's not even a thing over here. So. <laughs> 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 Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh, before we move on to this week's hashtag bloody good quiz one final thing i want to talk about uh we spoke about it briefly on the news as well uh andy this are full crowds coming back because that certainly seems to be the case for double or nothing at the end of this month yeah yeah definitely a hundred percent um there's no way in heck that Vince McMahon is going to let another promotion run, technically open a full house um, on his watch without him following suit. Um, wrestling companies have been careful, and, and well, to varying degrees. Uh, <laughs> if you watch some of the indie shows that went down over WrestleMania weekend, you would probably disagree with that statement, and you'd be <laughs> correct. Um, Shout-outs to Game Changer Wrestling. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to open the floodgates for everyone else. And obviously, you have to point out the safety concerns 100, 100%. We don't know what the mask situation is going to be. There obviously can't be social distancing if they want to try and have 5,000 people in Daly's place. I don't think they'll sell that many tickets, honestly, because WrestleMania, 25,000 for sale each night. They, sold, they ended up selling, like, as a shoot, something like 20-odd. Uh, I, I mean, they sold more than that, but people didn't turn up because secondary market and all that stuff. So... The demand might not be there. It's a risky game. The health concerns are very, very real. 
But, you know, <laughs> I'm not advocating for fans coming back mm. because I don't know if it's safe to do so or, or, or whatever. And if it's not safe, we will, we will take that as it comes at the time. But that UFC show the other week was, was great. And it's kind of like you've got this side of your brain going, oh, it's going to be so cool having noise. I can't wait for that. But then the other side of your brain is like, mm, people might get sick from this. Yeah. So I, I, but I do think it's inevitable. Um, watch WWE over the weekend announce, hey, fans are at Raw on the 1st of June or something like that. <laughs> it's going to happen. Happen. It's tough, isn't it, Phil? Because I'm exactly the same as Andy in terms of like, oh my god, I watched that UFC show. I it was obviously a great UFC show anyway. Um, but fans just made it take it up that extra level and, and obviously mania. And you know, when you see things like Sting's debut with even the, the limited amount of fans that they have, you know, even just just say just five thousand fans in attendance for a, a, an AW pay-per-view would just be night and day to what we're used to, but like Andy says, there's that voice in the back of your head and just a caveat as with as with everything. I mean, Phil, you and I went for beers a week or two ago and you're still unsure and doing social distancing and stuff like that. You just just want to be careful because you don't want to fumble the ball on the one yard line. Do you? We're so close to it all being back to normal. Yeah, definitely. It's that kind of thing that you could very easily rush and it very easily go hideously wrong. Um but it's like, I don't think you need to go from zero to 100 with these things either. Yeah. Like like the UFC did. They kind of went from nothing to everybody, <laughs> as many people as we can fit in the arena as possible. Um, there's a way of doing this with like much diminished capacities, like a third capacity or anything like that. And you can run for months with a third capacity. And just that increment would be a huge, huge difference to the like TV product and the sort of viewer experience because those sort of, let's say if it's like 5,000 in a 15,000 seat arena, those 5,000 people are going to be bloody loud because they've not been able to do this in a very long mm. time. So they're still going to be very, very excited about this. Um, but it's at the same time, like over here, you can't even sing at a funeral because sort of singing makes your stuff project further and is more likely to infect people. And what are wrestlers, uh, wrestling fans like in a, stadium if they can't shout and scream and also get drunk while they're doing it it's one of these things that's just a thing on top of another thing on top of another thing and it feels very much like a sort of domino effect that could fall down at any point uh, and if you rush into this too fast it definitely will so it's yeah so long as they take take baby steps with it and just grow it slowly and don't just rush back to full capacity i think we'll be okay but yeah, it's one of those things where we're just gonna have to wait and see. Did any news come out about the UFC show like afterwards well, about you know, anything? Talk about this yesterday, weren't you? Yeah, I don't. I, I I went looking for stories and googled all the usual terms like UFC super spreader, UFC COVID, and stuff, and nothing had come out. Um, and this is kind of like the time period where you would expect these things yeah. to to have emerged. So, I mean, there you go. That's another. That's another kind of thing that gives wrestling promoters carte blanche to just do it um i think the cans co-promoted a concert at daily's place recently as well with with five thousand people there um so yeah here we go this is it this is it we're going back to it and we do have to go back to normal at some point right it's just like you said we are so close to beating this thing (laughs) it still feels a little premature to me my, my brain, I think, has been sort of rewired over the past year because I see things, whether it like I, when I see stuff in like TV shows or movies and there's just huge swathes of people together, I get a little bit nervous. But even now at events that I know it's OK at, like you see the odd football game 
uh, and it, they got fans in attendance. A mate of mine's booked tickets for the FA Cup final because his team's playing in it. Uh, and then, yeah, like you say, you see these things at WrestleMania, and I'm like, is this okay? Basically, what I'm trying to say is, I was randomly looking back recently with with Michael Hamflow over some of our favourite things at, at What Culture, and I can't think of a more ill-timed thing than our Try Not To Laugh Challenge, which still hasn't been <laughs> later, with every member of the What Culture office spitting water into each other's faces. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst thing we've ever done. <laughs> uh, the great video that will never see the light One of day. day. <laughs> One day we will put it out. Like I think it's going to be a long time until we get can get to the point of us spitting water in each other's faces through laughing and it, <laughs> and it looked okay i think there's still a way up now i feel like we didn't even film that in 2020 did we, we filmed that in 2019 definitely yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it um, took a while to go out and then it, that's yeah, right it was, it was one of my last days before going home for christmas spitting water <laughs> at my mates gross one day that'll see the light of day it will probably be 2022 but it will see the light of day <laughs> that little you know the, it's bad enough when we had to t- the date stamp the wrestling catchphrase they're like no 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 legally we were allowed to stand this close together at the time when we filmed this yeah but, my god we are getting closer and closer i allude to it on the podcast with uh, with hamlet and sidge uh, every time we do one getting closer and closer being able to do these in person and andy murray being able to do news and pestering what? you side by side once more would be uh, would be a dream come true but like we say most importantly everyone, everyone needs to take away from this just stay safe for the time being, even if you think, oh, it's a load of bollocks. It's not. But even if you think that, stay safe, wear a mask, observe all the rules, because in like, like I might have in 4th of July celebrations over here because it's gone that well, to be honest. We don't celebrate <laughs> it, but I might just for the sake of it, because that's how close we are to it all all coming through. But let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed today uh, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. And enough of all that, it's now time for a good quiz. And this week's quiz is brought to you by someone who definitely didn't just type in a bunch of numbers so they could leave this negative review on our iTunes. <laughs> Why? 1984317. It's like when you get those tweets, Andy, that's like, hey, and Murray, you suck. And it's like, Steve, 432298. And you're like, oh, you think you count much, do you, Steve? John writes, I've been listening for years, but the anti-WWE talk is nauseating. The only thing worse than watching Raw is listening to a review the next day. You guys used to be great to listen to. Sadly, that's changed. That's not our fault, John. It's Raw that's bad. Phil, tell he admits, he admits in that review that the only thing worse than watching Raw is having to listen to a review. So he knows it's bad. <laughs> Does he want you to give, give a positive review of a show he doesn't like? I, I desperately heat praise on anything that's good. I'm like, wow, okay, bro's the best thing ever, isn't it, guys? <laughs> like, it's, I'm, we're trying. I tried to heat praise on it this week, Phil, because I was like, hey, look at that. They promised a main event before the show started and they delivered it. That's, <laughs> that's a W in my book. And also, a really low bar now. Also, John, did you not hear earlier? <laughs> Well, that's all the good stuff you missed out on on the Raw review. Come on, mate. Anyway. Hey, they debuted a brand new guy, Mansoor, on Raw this week. A huge debut. A massive, huge yeah. result for him when he lost his undefeated streak to, in a DQ. Perfect <laughs> sonification. That's a nice undefeated streak. You can't there be ashamed someone immediately ruined it by losing to, by a DQ. They started it with Seamus not knowing who he was, thinking he was just one of Adam Pearce's lackeys, and they ended it in losing a 50-streak, undefeated streak, in a DQ. 
and love Pierre, it. <laughs> what's his name? Adnan Verk had to sell Mansoor getting back into the ring to break a ten count. It was like this incredible thing you'd never seen before. It was like bloody Pat McAfee seeing a six one nine for the first time. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this week's quiz is all about Daniel Bryan and his time in WWE. Um, a little bit of a twist. I'll be honest, I was feeling in a bit of a silly mood when I wrote this. So it's not all going to be, uh, who did he pin to win the world title or whatever? It's none of that bollocks. It yeah. starts off good and then I just sort of lost my way a little bit. So stick with me for this. Anyway, usual thing though, multiple choice, 10 questions. Uh, shout out your name, wait for me to come to you. Most importantly, it's just for fun. I've decided to slow it down, Phil, because of that incident the week. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to repeat that. No slips of the tongue today, uh, at least so far. Uh, right, so, <laughs> gentlemen, question number one. Which of these names wasn't one suggested by Daniel Bryan upon joining WWE? I want the one he didn't suggest, so he suggested three of these and didn't suggest one. Brian Danielson, Daniel Knight, Lloyd Boner, or Buddy <laughs> Peacock? Andy. Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson. No, he did suggest Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson. Oh. I'm going to go with Daniel Knight, and he only put the other ones in so they'd only pick the one he wanted. It is correct. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you start as you mean to go on, Daniel. Fantastic. <laughs> From the beginning, has he? What do you want to be called? Lloyd Boner? That sounds good. <laughs> Lloyd Boner or his real name? <laughs> Uh, right, question number two. Neither of them. <laughs> Daniel Bryan faced John Cena in WWE in February 2003. But what show was it on? Was it on Sunday Night Heat, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, or Velocity? Uh, Andy, that's got before they were signed Velocity Energy all over it. Is the correct answer. I think his velocity he... makes sense, but why would you put John Cena on velocity? <laughs> what year was this again? 2003, February 2003. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That's weird, though. Was he still um, prototype or what? Ah, who knows? <laughs> then I've seen an image of it. I've never, I've not watched the match, I'll be perfectly honest. No, and it's, it's very like, you wear blue trunks, and that's about it, really. That's what you've got. <laughs> Uh, he's certainly not wearing a jersey anytime soon. Okay, question three, one each. Who did Daniel Bryan get his first televised singles victory over in WWE? Was it Michael Tarver, Heath Slater, The Miz, or Ted DiBiase Jr.? Phil, I'm going to go with Heath Slater. It's not Heath Slater. Uh, I think he must, he must have faced him in one night NXT. Yeah. Uh, I'll go Michael Tarver. It's not Michael Tarver. It was The Miz, in fact. Oh, uh, I think God. basically he beat The Miz as like a big payoff to the whole mentor thing. <laughs> then he immediately choked Justin Roberts with a tie and got fired. So that was about it. That was it. And then he came back a while, a while later. Wait, did he only win one match in, in that NXT one then? I think he won uh, certainly only one single. I mean, that's a very WWE thing to do to him. To put him on a losing that was on Raw. That was on Raw as like a big payoff of someone who's uh, Ashton Kutcher, I think it was, was the, the guest. God, yeah. <laughs> he booked that match. Yeah, he didn't win anything in NXT as far as I glanced at Cage Match. And as far as I can tell, he didn't win anything. He maybe won a multi-man thing for his team, possibly, but no singles victory. Yeah, he got jobbed out to, to just, just everyone, basically. <laughs> 
<laughs> Amazing. Uh, okay, question four. You can see just where I've got distracted on it being Friday and thinking, oh, I'll just put some banner questions in. Uh, right about here. When Brie Bella and Daniel Bryan first got intimate, here's a quiz about Daniel Bryan in WWE going off the rails. When Brie Bella and Daniel Bryan first got intimate, who walked in on them? Was Bill. it? I think oh, I might have completely shot my word here. Was it, was it Seamus? It wasn't Seamus. Ah, oh, I thought it was Seamus. My quiz that I wrote a few <laughs> years ago that I stole this question from, it wasn't Seamus. I don't know. It's, as always, it's the question, it's the answer I've got written down. The options are Andy Murray, Vince, <laughs> Vince McMahon, can you imagine? Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiossi Jr. or CM Punk? Uh, I think I know the answer. Uh, I don't know the answer. Um, I want to say John Laurinaitis for the banner, even though he's not on, the, not on this. Uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. Bill, was that what you were going to say? No. It is Ted I, DiBiase. Is it? Ah, uh, fair enough. Well, at least according to my notes. I don't bloody know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, question five, two one to Andy. Which of these Slammy Awards hasn't Daniel Bryan won? Shocker of the year. Facial hair of the year, couple of the year, or critter moment of the year. Very <laughs> prestigious set of awards there. Phil. Uh, go on, Phil. Uh, it's between two. I'm going to go with couple of the year. He did win that with Brie unfortunately. What were the weird ones again? Critter moment and... Facial hair of the year and shocker of the year is the other one. Well, this is a bunch of oh god, uh, shocker of the year. It's not shocker. Ah, uh, that was the other one I was going to think of. My own shocker of the year for his involvement in the Nexus angle. He won facial hair of the year in 2012. A won award that transformed into beard of the year in 2013. Right, presumably he had to fit someone's mustache in on 2012 or something. Couple of the year with Brie Bella and Critter Moment of the Year. That went to Alberto Del Rio, apparently. I just was looking at the Slammy page on Wikipedia. That apparently went to Alberto Del Rio after a mouse ran past him on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get nominated for his thing with the bear backstage? Was that oh, then? He, he must have done. That's wild, man. Okay, right, okay. Quest, I've tried to, tried to salvage this quiz bag as we get to the second half of it a little bit. It'll go off the rails again very quickly, though. Uh, 2-1 at the halfway point to Andy. Who did Brian last knock off the ladder before he grabbed the Money in the Bank briefcase? Was it Cody Rhodes, Seamus, Kane, or Wade Barrett? Oh, no idea whatsoever. They were all in that match, so you won't look stupid by naming any of them, by the way. Phil. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to go with Cody. It's not Cody. Uh, is it Wade Barrett? It that was is. Other one. <laughs> Wade Barrett. There's like a ladder. Rewatch the clip. There's like a ladder bridge and he kicks Wade Barrett in the head and then. Yeah. As if he was knocking Kane's liar, large human <laughs> arse off that. <laughs> Pardon the French. <laughs> Part off the ladder. <laughs> uh, question seven. How many times has Daniel Bryan been world champion? Now, that includes the World Heavyweight Championship and the WWE Championship. Is it three times, four times, five times, or six times? 
Well, why not? Start <laughs> keep on going on this massive losing streak that I'm on. Four times. It's not four times. <laughs> is it five times? It is five times. <laughs> the WWE Championship four times and the World Heavyweight Championship once. Obviously, the World Heavyweight Championship was the, the cash-in one on the big show, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. WWE was just all of those, like, he won it at SummerSlam, immediately got cashed in on. And then he won it. Again, but they did the oh, the referee's done a vast count, so you got to vacate it. Then he won it again at WrestleMania, and then obviously, Planet's Champion stuff. Uh, about the vacant one, uh, okay. Question eight, three to go. Phil, you can still do this, okay? How long did Daniel Bryan last in the greatest Royal Rumble? Was it 70 minutes, 72 minutes, 74 minutes, or Phil? 72 minutes. It's not 72. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> 74 or 76, Andy? 76. It is 76. <laughs> My favourite Royal Rumble, so of course I knew that. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh brother. Six minutes. And he didn't even win, did he? No. 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 He's got his chest turned Caved in. <laughs> hamburger meat by Roddy Strong. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had a lovely time wrestling Roddy Strong. <laughs> <laughs> like, Look where we are, Roddy. Look, isn't this nice? Get to see each other again. <laughs> Want to play chops again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, question nine. This might be my favourite question. I was trying to find out how many calories it had and couldn't see it anywhere, so I've just written this question instead. Question nine. Daniel Bryan had an epic feud with Chase Field's Royal Rumble Burger. <laughs> Oh, how much how much did it cost and do you know what to help you out i'm just gonna do i'm gonna tell you uh what is in the royal rumble burger to help you out before i tell you how much it cost 18 ounce pork bratwurst patty cheddar cheese bacon coleslaw onions barbecue aioli and also fried mac and cheese wedges serving as the garnish okay so <laughs> america <laughs> was that being sold for $13, $16, $19, or $22? Andy. Bell. Uh. <laughs> I, I bought like the most mediocre chicken fingers in the world from MetLife Stadium for about $16, right? So there's no <laughs> way that this bad lad isn't $22. And if you're going to tell me that it isn't, you are lying and have made it up. Doesn't cost twenty two dollars. <laughs> it's the uh, taste of Chase stand that is apparently selling this, and I'm getting this report from ArizonaSports.com. Uh, you say what? Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. You're both wrong. It is what? a bargain. It's thirteen dollars, lads. Let's go and get one. Bloody hell! That's it's about the same much as a beer. <laughs> yeah, that's as much as a lukewarm pint of Coors Light piss. Also, <laughs> like the end of this article where it talks about it. The burger costs $13 at the Taste of Chase stand this Sunday. WWE invades the valley for four different events over four days. Come on. That's a nice company, <laughs> isn't it? That was when SmackDown was on a Tuesday and everything was right in the world. Uh, right. Final question. Uh, I like this one as well. 
The mayor of Yakima, Washington, apologies if I've butchered that pronunciation. The mayor of Yakima, Washington declared which day as Daniel Bryan Day? Was it January 13th, March 20th, April 6th, or May 22nd? What a question. Phil, why not? Uh, April 6th. It's not April 6th, <laughs> although that is when he won the world title at WrestleMania 30. That's why I put that one in. Nice. The first one. <laughs> January 13th. Oh, I break the habit of a lifetime. Andy Murray, yet again, that is correct. <laughs> January 13th. Uh, I don't really know why. It, I think it was when he was in his midst as, as champion with AJ Lee by his side that this was announced. Um, March 20th is when he announced he was returning to wrestling again. So I thought about that nice, nice one in there. And I think May 22nd is actually Daniel Bryan's birthday. But Andy Murray, you win this week's quiz all about, about Daniel Bryan. Congratulations. Phil, you are banished from wrestling. No, you're not. We need you every week. <laughs> you lost power. Uh, but yes. <laughs> Thanks once again to John NY1984317 <laughs> for sponsoring this week's quiz. If you want your name, probably track him down. Do you reckon he was born in 1984 on the 31st of July? Ooh, or. And he's John and he's from New York. So we can probably track this guy down if you want to have fisticuff words. So it could yeah, be, I might kill him. He could be born on the 17th of March because the weird date way they do it. You've got it wrong, lads. Sorry, I had to break this to you. I know we've got a lot of. <laughs> Of uh, American wrestling listeners, but yeah, get your date sorted. Eh? Um, but yes, if you want to know your name associated with a hashtag bloody good quiz, just subscribe to What Culture Wrestling and leave us a five star review on there. But this has been Wrestle Culture. Congratulations to Andy Murray. My thanks to Andy and Phil for joining us. Uh, you can let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed and how you got on, on the quiz at What Culture WWE. Uh, watch there, follow all three of us. You can follow Phil Chambers at, at Phil My Chambers, and you can follow Andy Murray at. At Andy H. Murray, uh, the H stands for haven't fought a one, so tough. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture <laughs> WWE and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Got the SmackDown review with Phil and Gareth tomorrow, uh, as well as that, me and Hamlet on Saturday are going to be talking about wrestling cliches that have to go basically just a way of us saying everything that needs to change in WWE. And then on Sunday, me and Michael Sidgwick will be sitting down to talk about all the fallout from Blood and Guts and where AEW go from here. But this has been Wrestle Culture. Once again, my thanks to Andy Murray, to Phil Chambers, to you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Wrestling. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.